Hey, Drew Dixon from Love Thy Nerd back with you for another Bible Thump. Uh, and we're in the Gospel of Mark. We're going to finish Mark chapter 7. Uh, we're going to finish up a whole round of miracles of healings that Jesus did. Um, and when we get into Mark 8, we're going to jump into some, 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 some really cool stories as well as some of Jesus' most iconic teaching to his disciples. But before we get there, um, we're going to look at uh, a healing uh, a miracle that Jesus did. And this is one that I think maybe for whatever reason is less iconic, but it's still super important. And it's one that we shouldn't pass over. Like um, there's so many of these in Mark's gospel that it could be easy to just read them and kind of like, but, Oh yeah, Jesus did another really cool thing. We just sort of, it's like become commonplace, but it's never commonplace for someone who can't he- hear or speak to then suddenly be able to do those things. Like that's such a marvelous and wonderful and amazing thing and something that gave this person, um, like it totally changed his life, right? And gave him dignity that he didn't have before, gave him opportunities that he didn't have before, made his life substantially better and more meaningful to him and more um, enjoyable to him in a way that, um, that, that seems almost impossible. So let's read uh, Mark 7, beginning in verse... 31. Again, leaving the region of Tyre, he went by way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee, through the region of the Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had difficulty speaking and begged Jesus to lay his hand on him. So he took him away from the crowd in private. After putting his fingers in the man's ears and spitting, he touched his tongue. Looking up to heaven, he sighed deeply and said to him, Epaphtha, that is, be opened. Immediately his ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak clearly. He ordered them not to tell anyone, but the more he ordered them, the more they proclaimed it. They were extremely astonished and said, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. So, um, again, this is another one of those stories in Mark's Gospel that would be easy to look over because it's less famous or less... Um, maybe it seems like there's less going on here than maybe there actually is. But um, it's important to notice a few themes here. One is that Jesus wanted to keep things quiet. He's been wanting to do that for a while. He's been wanting to sort of get away from the crowds, but the crowds keep following him. He's been wanting to um, limit the uh, message going forward about who he is and what he's done. Um, And we're not really sure exactly why. I think it seems partially connected to the fact that um, the kinds of things he was saying and doing were getting him in a lot of trouble, like he was going to be persecuted and killed, and he knows that's coming, and, you know, he has work to do, right? He doesn't want that to happen prematurely. Um, So that's probably the main reason why. Um, You know, it's also possible that he um, knows if he tells people not to do it that they will, like it's reverse psychology. Uh, we, we don't know. We don't know exactly why, but um, but what we are seeing here is that, like, um, this message, the kinds of things Jesus did, like, it just, it couldn't be stopped. This message couldn't be stopped. This message that Jesus was proclaiming, which is not just, like, his message isn't just about, like, eternal life or um, his message isn't just about, like, a way to get to have a relationship with God or a way to heaven. Um, it's that. It's those things, yes, but it's also like this these really tangible, beautiful moments of making people's lives so much better and giving them dignity and restoring things that are broken and like piecing things back together in this really, really amazing way. Um, and Jesus is making people's lives so substantially better um, 
that you can't stop this message. It, you couldn't. No matter how, what, how much he orders people to stop saying what's going on, to telling telling people the stories of how Jesus has brought healing and renewal to their lives, like it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, so three things I want to point out here. Jesus restores people's dignity. That's the first thing. Number one, Jesus restores people's dignity. He cares about our whole being. I think sometimes in church we can get this idea that like Jesus is primarily just concerned about our souls. We talk a lot about souls and where do souls go when they die and like blah, 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 blah. The Bible doesn't have that like dichotomy between our bodies and our souls. It never really makes that in Jewish thinking, particularly in the old Testament, like those weren't two separate categories, like the soul and our thinking, our spirit, um, our bodies are all one unit. So, um, Jesus doesn't just care about our spiritual nature. He cares about everything about us, our whole being, not just our souls. And Jesus loves people in a way that restores their dignity. And he loves people in a way that respects their bodies. And we see that in the way that Jesus heals this guy. Um, and the fact that he goes to someone who can't speak or hear and gives, gives him both of those gifts back restores both of those areas of his life that were um, constant sources of frustration. This wasn't like today where you could read with Braille, you know, or, um, you know, that their sign language and things wasn't developed at the, at the level that we have it now. Um, like, this was rough. This caused him not to be able to provide for himself, I'm sure, in many ways. Um, it caused him to be looked down upon. It just... It was a source of constant stress and difficulty for him. And Jesus steps in and gives the guy a wet willy <laughs> and, and restores his healing. Not really. Um, I was a joke. If you know what a wet willy is, um, you lick your fingers or spit on your fingers and then like twist them in somebody's ears. That's a wet willy. And it's not pleasant. Uh, but in the case with Jesus, like he does that, but in a way that, that brings healing and restoration. Um, so first, Jesus restores people's dignity. Second, um, connected to that is that Jesus often healed by touch. Um, so he identifies. Why is it important that we see that Jesus healed by touch? They touch this man's tongue, which like, I don't, I'm not going to touch anybody's tongue. I don't want to touch your tongue. Um, I, I'm guessing you probably don't want to touch my tongue. There's not many people's tongues in the world that I want to touch. Um, okay. This is getting weird. I'm sorry. Um, but it's gross, right? That's what I'm trying to say. And he's willing to do that. He identifies with broken creation. Uh, he ultimately heals with his words. But before he does that, he, he, heals, he, he connects with this person by touch. It's ultimately when he says, Paphtha, right, be open, that his ears were opened and his tongue was loosened, right? So Jesus heals by speech, but he also uh, heals by touch. So why is this important? Um, because Jesus is renewing creation with his words. Do you see that? Remember how God spoke creation into existence in Genesis 1? Um, God said, let there be light. And there was light. God said, let the waters cover the sea. Uh, you know, and God said, let there be land and vegetation and so on. And these things were so. And so um, what we see in Genesis 1 is God taking uh, that which is 
um, formless and void and and it's kind of like desert and bringing it to flourishing like bringing order to it speaking and when he speaks he brings order to creation and makes it good and beautiful and beneficial to human beings like us Jesus is doing that he here he is taking on the mantle of creator and we know that God's good creation has been shattered it's been broken it's been fractured and um because of sin and this man is an example of that like not because of this man's particular sin right but just because of the fact that we live in a world broken by human sinfulness um this man is an uh, an example of how our world isn't what it could be or what it could have been and jesus speaks and and heals him um this man and the people who brought jesus uh who brought Jesus there, uh, see this and they're amazed by it. And they're thinking there's nobody like this guy who's done these things and they can't, so they want to tell everybody. And you know, one of the first things we see these people do is disobey Jesus after their friend is healed. And, uh, and, and, and this man too, after he's healed, the first thing he does is disobey Jesus's order not to tell people. And they start telling everyone because I mean, this is the kind of stuff you can't help but talk about, right? Um, healing, restoration, renewal of the broken world. Um, but I just want to double down on something I said earlier, like dignity means caring about human bodies. It means caring about physical human people. So if we really love people, we can't just tell them about Jesus, right? I mean, that's good and that's helpful and that can bring some dignity and hope to their life. But we have to care about their body. We can't say we love someone and just um, say, hey, you need to repent and trust Jesus. Uh, we need to do that. But then also, if they have needs, we fill them. If there's ways we can love them and serve them, we, we care for their physical body. Like, there's not this dichotomy. we got to break apart in our minds this idea that we have. We've we got to shatter this idea we have in our minds sometimes that you know, we can just serve people's spiritual side of things, you know, their souls without serving their bodies, um, without looking for ways to help real flesh and blood human beings, uh, find food, find clothing, find shelter, um, find emotional support and security. Um, all those things are gospel. They're gospel ministry. They're part of what it means to live out the gospel. Yes, we need to tell people the good news about Jesus, but we've got to care about whole human beings. Um, and Jesus, the way he does his miracles, his miracles, but also the way he does them display the quality of his love and show us, they show us how to love other people. Um, Jesus did all things well, and it's not what you might think, right? Um, what do we think it means to do all things well? That's what the people said about them, about him. Uh, I think in America in particular, we think to do all things well means to like be successful, to play the stock market, to make a lot of money, to have a solid, uh, you know, retirement, um, to get ahead and to do well and to be successful. Um, for Jesus, what it means to do all things well is to like constantly look for ways to make other people's lives tangibly better, to give of yourself, of your time, your energy, to love and serve your nerdy neighbor. Last thing I want to say is uh, that all this that Jesus did was a fulfillment of Isaiah 35, 5 through 6. 
Um, he makes even the death hear and the mute speak. So again, um, Mark is highlighting for us how Jesus is a really big deal. Like he's doing all these things in fulfillment of God's plan to restore creation and to redeem the world through the work of the Messiah. And he is that Messiah. So let's, let's run after him. Let's look at the way he does miracles, the way he loves and serves people, the way he gives of his time and energy and attention to, to build others up. Let's look at that, identify it, and say, that's, that's, that's what I want to do. That's who I want to be. Let's identify with our broken world. We don't need to join in the sins of the people around us, but let's identify with them. Let's love them. And then let's look for ways to restore the dignity of the people around us. Um, let's see the people around us as whole human beings, soul, body, spirit, all that is one. And, um, let's love them in every way we can and not think that we can just love someone's soul, but not do anything for their body or for their spirit. Um, that's garbage to be perfectly honest with you. Um, we've got to love whole human beings. So let me just challenge you to think and dream and plan and pray about how you might do that. Uh, uh, this week, how you might love a whole whole human being this week. Maybe it's a friend, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's uh, someone in your church, um, maybe it's an extended family member, but there's someone that needs your love this week. How can you love them as a whole human being, body, soul, and spirit? It's exciting to think about, isn't it? God wants to use you to make someone's life better and point them to Jesus this week. Let's ask him to do that. I'll see you again next week.